Hello. <laughs> it's good to be back and see you guys. I was thinking before coming up just how we're all very small and God is very big. <laughs> feel that way. Um, well, Charles asked me to <clears throat> share about the trip. Um, that I just took, so that's what I was going to share on, the things that have taken place in the past three and a half or four months. Um, I don't really know, hopefully the Lord directs and helps me to know what to say because there's so much so much that took place, you know, I can't say everything. Um, but if you know, most of the time I spent was in India, in the city of Guwahati, in the state of Assam. And so you've got Bangladesh, which is kind of cradled by India's right arm, if you're facing it. And uh, it kind of wraps around Bangladesh, and right above it, there's Meghalaya. And that's kind of a mountainous-type region. It's a mainly Christian state in India. And then the one above that is Assam. And um, so that's where we've been. And that's where, you know, our, our brothers uh, from San Antonio and our sisters are laboring there, John and Judy and Amy and Sierra. And so that was where the majority of the time was spent. And um, upon arriving there, um, we almost immediately had to go up there for John and I's visas, the way it worked out. And um, it really, after leaving, we could see, you know, the Lord's hand and orchestrating everything, and that that was meant to happen, that we were supposed to go there to India first. When we got there, um, it was clear that um, the other group had been gone for about two and a half weeks or three weeks, and a lot of the people, or some of the people in the church are very new, and um, it was clear that already things were going downhill and people were struggling, and the devil was really trying to come in on one person, and individ one individual, and uh, some very sinful worldly friends trying to bring them back. And so it was, it was clear it was the Lord's uh, doing that we ended up there for that time. Um, if you read the updates, some of this you know, but the ministry um, in India, mainly uh, spending their time doing language learning, uh, evangelism, going out and sharing with people on the street. It's incredible the difference between India and Bangladesh. In India, so, so much of the youth speaks English. It's incredible. And um, it's one of the major languages in India, actually, English, because of the British's influence there. And so it had a totally different feel. I mean, you're able to go out and find someone to start talking to them and sharing with them the gospel, and they understand you, you know, because they, they, they took eight or ten years of English in their school. And so that was a lot of what we did. And it just felt like wide-open doors while we were there and, um, and sharing. And um, people, people responding, wanting to meet up more, coming over for Bible study. We didn't see anyone converted yet. But there are some that have, are still attending the meetings there now um, that are still wanting to hear more, some young Bengali people that, that we were talking to. Um, John, you know, John, uh, God's given him a lot of grace in the language learning. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. I mean, he's, I've no, I rarely see him ever ask someone a second time, like, what do you mean? Or, like, what did, what did you say? And it seems like they always understand what he's saying. It's almost, you know, he's got basic fluency. And um, so that's a real blessing in preaching to these people that were um, down by the slums there in India. Uh, the other work was just in the local assembly, just like preaching and teaching, sharing. 
spending time with the believers there. And it was just a real uh, special time, real uh, blessed time. The idolatry is in your face. It's like everywhere around every street corner. These ginormous, grotesque, ugly idols and um, just all over the place. And especially during the pujas, they have like a holiday once a month. And it's a celebration of a certain god. And uh, everyone's going crazy. There's these kids in the trucks out on the streets. Uh, like they have a god of engineering even. And so like all the engineering students will be out on the street like with the idol there, like shouting and like, you know, making a racket all over. You'll see, you'll see you know, 20 of these trucks full of students. Just all kinds of um, sin and um, very little Christianity um, from what we see. And the Christianity we did see, aside from a few people we encountered that were really genuine, really serving the Lord, by and large, the denominational groups are just as bad as they are here. It's no different. And um, most of the Baptist churches uh, teach that water baptism is when you're when you're born again, when you're regenerated. And so that's what most people's, that's in the Baptist church, that's in the Baptist convention. And um, so it's really no different from Catholicism um, there in India. So things are very um, dark. The area, northeast India, um, it's not really a safe place. It's very politically like uncertain because they have a lot of resentment toward mainland India. They don't even look like, you know, they don't look like your typical Indian guy. They look more tribal or something. They look more like uh, Chinese, closer to looking like Chinese people than they're not very dark-skinned. And so they have a lot of resentment toward mainland India, and they, they think they're kind of trying to push them aside. So there's all kinds of uh, conflicts and power groups struggling over there. Um, in Assam, one-third of the people is, they're, they're Bangla, they're Bengali people. And so that's a huge ratio. And so that's why there's huge open doors with sharing there um, with John. There's many, there's hundreds of hundreds of unreached Bangla villages that are in, a, in the state of Assam as well. Because you have all this immigration because there's more money in India than there is in Bangladesh. Um, as far as some of the stuff um, we saw encouraging things, um, just the Lord really helping in, in the time we were there with the saints. And um, it was just totally different by the time we left with the group, the feeling we had when we left and when we first arrived. And so that was wonderful. The San Antonio group had returned by then when we left. And um, in one of the young man's uh, family, it looks like maybe his sister was converted. She's still kind of growing and stuff. But not, not only um, her sister, but possibly his parents. And I haven't I haven't heard the full details, except maybe that a week ago, um, he went in uh, to the uh, house and saw his mother weeping, and uh, he asked her, why, why are you weeping? And she said, it's not, not because I'm sad, it's for joy, you know, that Jesus would take away my sins. And um, she had taken off the red thing from her forehead, and um, even though it's not strongly like a Hindu type, it's not strongly religious, more cultural, but still she didn't want to have like any part with it. And um, so these things are encouraging um, and hopeful. So we're still waiting to hear more about that. But this young man, um, even while we were there, he was called back to the village. You know, they interrogated him why he'd become a Christian. Someone was going around sharing that he'd become a Christian because Westerners were giving him money. And that's what, that's what a lot of times what they think, if it's connected with some kind of group, that they're receiving money or they're receiving a job. 
Um, and so he had to go back and clear the slate and tell them why. Like, no, it's not. No one has given me money or anything like that. And um, so um, they excommunicated and the parents. They offered the parents, do you want to, you know, you can stand with him or you can stand with us. And they chose to go with him. And um, so it was a real blessing to see these things. I told you guys, I think, about the Hizras, um, this outcast society of transgender. They're, they're cast out of their families when they're young, grew up under a guru, and how the Lord answered prayer and bringing them to the Bible study. And I think that the group's still having some contact with them. But, you know, we're, we're hoping more than just to have a Bible study with these folks, but that they would be, you know, truly saved and um, really brought into the kingdom and, and know the love of God. Um, you know, it was really, I mean, it was such a strange feeling sitting in the room with, like, you know, you got five people that are totally transgender, they're dressed like prostitutes, sitting in there, um, like such an, like a strange atmosphere. And yet, you know, we know um, the Lord Jesus, you know, he was a friend of sinners. And these are some, I mean, these people are despised. Their neighbors would not say hello to them. No, none of their neighbors would talk to them. You know, so when this group of, when the girls went over to their house and, like, in, entered into their house, you know, it's like, Shocking, you know, to, if the, any of the neighbors saw that, they would not, they wouldn't understand that at all. Um, yeah, the time there uh, was really wonderful. At right now, actually, a huge open door has opened up. John's eager to get back there. Um, a young boy, they found a young boy out by the railroad tracks where we were doing the outreach around the slums. And um, the, our brother Manash, he found this young boy unconscious laying by the railroad track. And apparently he talked to the people around there. He'd been there for four hours. And no one had called the ambulance. No one had called you know, the hospital. No one, no one cares. And the thing is, if you do, and you bring in a kid or a random person to the hospital, the people there will accuse you that you did something wrong to them. Like, you're, you're, you feel guilty. That's why you brought them here. So people are afraid to, to bring people to a hospital or call an ambulance. And they were accusing Manash while he was there, taking care of this, this boy. And um, they found out um, he was severely dehydrated. He told them that he had run away from home, and uh, his mother had just died three months earlier. She died on a bus giving birth to a baby. The baby and the mom died. And um, his dad remarried a woman. She was a liar. She accused him of some things. His dad beat him. And um, it's very common, very normal in a typical Bangla home, I mean, for the parent to beat the child, like, not, not in a good type way. And... Um, and so he, he ran away but didn't have the wits about him to take care of himself. And so they've, they've taken this boy and actually to their house now. They're in Guwahati, John and Judy. And uh, he's a Bengali kid. And he's slowly starting to recuperate. But the thing I wanted to share was that when they did that, it, like, it spoke volumes to all the, the slum people and stuff like that. And it's like, it seems like tons of Bengali people are starting to come to the meetings now there. And it's like they thought, well, maybe there is something to what they're saying, you know, and uh, there was a visible manifestation, you know, of the love of Christ, which is what we've been praying for. We've been desiring that, you know, to show mercy and love uh, and more than just sharing the gospel, which is good, but really reaching the conscience, you know, speaking to the heart. And so that was our time um, in Bangladesh, or I mean, in India, which is very, very wonderful time, very glad memories. And, um, very blessed of the Lord. Um, and then we went down to Bangladesh on our way back. Um, we rode with this man who's a professing believer. John was witnessing to him. We rode with him actually on our way there to India. And so we rode with him back. 
And he, he took us by um, this lady's house who was dying of throat cancer. So we got to go in there, and John prayed for this woman. But it was something like the first thing we saw on our way back to, to Bangladesh is this woman maybe had two days left just in absolute agony on this bed, you know, in this back room. And so that was very sobering as we were heading back. Um, we went back. We stayed. I've been for the past. We stayed for a week in Dhaka and then for three more weeks in um, John's village, which is called Dubaura. It's, it's basically like a village. And um, so that's where we've been for the past month. It's totally way different than India. It doesn't feel like India at all. There, no one speaks English. So um, there I was really starting to pick up the language more. I was being forced to listen to it all the time and be around it. And um, there, um, most of the time was spent just in language stuff, you know, prayer and whatnot. And then um, what we would do is we'd go out in the evenings um, to, like, local tea shops. It's like wherever you go, there, when you're like in rural Bangladesh, like they hardly ever see any white people. So it's like, if you say like one word to someone in their own language, there's like 20 people all of a sudden around, you know, like staring at you, you know, and they're always asking the same questions. So that was the time that John and I had together was good um, in doing that. Um, did all of our stuff at a well. He's got a tube well, you know, outside of his house, a community well. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was it was um, just totally different feel. Actually, I think I felt culture shock for the first time. Like I've been to China and I've been to India and Costa Rica, but that that going there into that village setting, I don't know, it was it was a really bad, weird feeling for the first two days. <laughs> but the Lord uh, brought me out of it. This kind of despondency, this weird, weird feeling. So that was that's where we've been um, for the past um, month. Both company or both both countries, uh, or at least that area, that state in India and in Bangladesh, as you know, highly unreached. You know, when we ask them, "What have you heard?" If they've heard anything, almost always it's just a little bit from the Quran. Like, yeah, oh yeah, we've heard of Jesus. He's not the Son of God because it expressly says that in the Quran. You know, and um, that if you consider that reached, then you know Bangladesh is reached. They've heard of Jesus, but the thing is, that's all they've that's all they've heard of. They've heard of this one of these prophets who's just one other guy, you know, and they don't know any, they don't know about salvation. I mean, you go, we even went to different villages, different cities around there. You know, has anyone come and ever talked to you about Jesus? No, none of them. You know, I mean, village after village after village, unreached, you know, here, um, you know, we might, you might think, you know, I've got lost relatives. It's like, yeah, true, but I mean, when you go, when you go over to these places, it's like they're lost, their, their brothers and sisters are lost, their children are lost, you know, their grandparents are lost, their great-grandparents are lost, and um, just no one knows the Lord. And the thing is, with the dead professing church that you do have, it's mainly Catholic. Um, the Baptists preach baptismal regeneration. Um, and even if, even if you do have some that are true believers, which we do, we do meet some, like that are really seeking to follow the Lord. Um, by and large, everyone's terrified of the Bengali people because they're predominantly Muslim. So the tribal people are predominantly Christian, and um, so they're terrified. No one, you know, they're they're trying. Maybe we'll start a school and we'll try to witness to the Islamic children, but everyone's just just clammed up and like you know, no to think of like going out and just start sharing with people is you know they think that unthinkable. But the truth is, by and large, if you do, or at least as Westerners, because they, they have respect for you and they're willing, they'll, they'll, hear, they'll hear you out, like everything John has to say, 
they'll listen to respectfully and um, so that's one advantage you know to being a westerner but even then you know we had people that were really angry with us and seemingly threatening except that the majority of the crowd would shoo the person off you know and you know because they they don't they don't care too by and large they're not heavily islamic but there are heavily islamic groups there it's not it's not like safe or anything um so that was what it was like there um in the village both countries super corrupt the government super uh, corrupt police if you want them to do something for you you've got to pay them money if there's a traffic accident whoever has the most money it's not their fault um, you know, we saw, we've heard about that repeatedly, um, begging everywhere. I mean, just handicapped people in the streets, uh, everywhere you go. I mean, just, just masses of them and, um, tons of orphans. So, um, that's what it was like, um, in this area. John's plans right now are, um, he plans on going back around January 20th. He's spending time with a few believers right now in Bangladesh. He's going to go back to India January 20th. He might be there for three months or six months. Um, I'm not sure how long he's going to be there for. It might depend on Lord willing, if the Lord wills, that I would go back um, whenever that would happen. So, um, yeah, that's kind of some of the basic stuff about um, India and Bangladesh. Things the Lord personally showed me while I was there. Um, one thing that was big was just this thing of like discomfort and stuff like generally I'm like a really big wimp like in terms of being uncomfortable like sweating heat anything you know I mean uncomfortable sleeping style but the Lord really uh, showed me you know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us those things are small you know in light of the cross in light of what Christ has given up for us and um you know, it's, it's not even worth a thought, I mean, really, if you really think about it. I mean, in light of what, what, he's, what he left above to come down here, you know. And um, another thing was, I mean, it really is, like, dangerous over there. I mean, it's not, say, that, you know, you can get Japanese encephalitis and you're dead in three days. The driving, I mean, it's the craziest I've ever seen in any foreign country. There's bus accidents all the time in Bangladesh. All the buses are messed up. They've got broken windows. They've got totally scraped on the sides just from sideswiping each other. So many near misses. They tip over all the time. You can read about it over and over again in the news. I mean, just this, this group of people died. Everyone died in this bus accident. Um, it's super dangerous. And, I mean, you've got radical Muslims in India. You've got radical Hindu groups. They've made death threats on believers that we know, on John Seitzman himself. They've made death threats. So it's not safe. And, um, you know, the Lord was just making it more real to me, you know, being like, are you willing to die? You know, is, are, is, are you ready? Are you willing to die? And, um, you know, you think, generally you think, yeah, you know, I'll die for Christ or, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't know, I felt like God was really making it real to me. Yeah, like to live as Christ and to die as gain. Like if I die, I'll go to heaven. It'll be over. This, all the struggles will be over. It's okay, I'm willing. And... Um, I don't know, it just made that real to me in a, a new way that I haven't felt before. Um, yeah, and also just the joy of sharing with those that have never heard before. I mean, it's, it's an awesome privilege to be able to share the gospel for the first time with someone. I remember one time we were in India. There was a couple, they were stranded, and uh, they had a child. Someone had taken all their money. It was, our, our friend Manash said he'd never seen it before. It wasn't some kind of scam. And we talked to him, and it seemed genuine. 
but um, they were from somewhere in northern India, which is highly, or northwest India, which is highly unreached. And um, I asked him what, it, what had he heard about Jesus before, and he said one, one time he saw someone as a Catholic church, someone in all white walking, and he, you know, he heard that those were people, they, they worshiped Jesus, that was all that he ever heard, you know. So to be able to tell, with him, tell him about redemption and buy their um, train ticket back to where they were from and give them a New Testament, you know, I mean, invaluable, you know, wonderful joy to be able to, to share with those that have never heard. Um, another thing the Lord taught me, you know, I believe that he's calling me, he's asking me to go. And um, so I present that for, before you guys. If you have any questions, you want to talk about it. Um, uh, or any objections in your mind, I, I want to hear it all. Um, your thoughts, appreciate your prayers. Um, but yeah, I have a desire. I have great joy and confidence when I read the promises, when I read the command given it, laid at the responsibility of the church for people to go out. I have it in my heart to go. Um, and so, yeah, pray for me. I appreciate your prayers. Um, I'm glad to have this time here with you all however long it'll be the lord knows and um i don't know maybe is there any any questions about uh the time there any other things you're wondering about or yeah it's getting better now it's yeah thanks Yeah, if I have the blessing of the church um, and everything's all everything's green lights, I would like to go back as soon as possible after the probably after the fellowship conference. I thought it'd be better to wait on this one, maybe, maybe before I leave or something. Okay. Jim, you want to lead us in prayer? Father, we are grateful today for your hand of mercy and protection upon Ryan and John. We thank you for being with them as. Uh, they were over there, as John still is. Lord, we, we do ask that you would make it perfectly clear to Ryan and to others if that's your will, Lord, for him to return. We just want to commit this situation to you, Lord. And we ask that thy will be done in this decision about returning in the on the road. Father, we do pray for the seeds that have been planted there, Lord, that you would cause some of those seeds to bear fruit to eternity. We pray that you would encourage John in these days, continue to have your hand upon him. Thank you for his devotion to you. Thank you for the simplicity of his mindset to just be devoted to you and want to serve you. And just ask that you would provide for them, protect them, mm -hmm. uh, grant open doors for the word, 
pray that the church would grow and be strengthened by your spirit. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon the work there in India and in Bangladesh. That your name would be exalted in that place. That the name of Christ would go forth. That you would be reconciling sinners to yourself. We just remit it to you, Lord. Thank you for your mercies over these past months for Ryan. Thanks for bringing him back safely. Pray you'd bless him in his time here and uh, give him clarity in his mind and heart. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.